0: Well, I want to thank you for for having me here this morning and uh, letting me talk with you. Um, I think I'm going to start with Scripture. um, From Hebrews 4.16, it says, So let us come boldly to the throne of our gracious God. There we will receive his mercy and will find grace to help us when we need it most. Come boldly to the throne of our gracious God indeed. This is one of my favorite verses. And I want to read it one more time, and I want you to think about what God is telling us in this uh, scripture. If you need to, close your eyes. I want you to be able to see yourself coming boldly to his throne. I want you to see yourself receiving that mercy. So let me take a minute, and I'll read it one more time um so let us come boldly to the throne of our gracious God there we will receive his mercy and will find grace to help us when we need it most you know I love my one-on-one time uh, in prayer with God and I when we get done today when I'm finished with this I want you to be as excited about your time with him as I am you know for a long time in regards to prayer I, I question a lot of things. I, I think, am I doing this right? You know, does God hear me if I'm not kneeling? Um, one of the other things is I always, I always wonder, are there like special secret phrases we're supposed to you know, use in, in order for him to hear us? Um, and then I wonder, how did prayer get so complicated? Why is it that we don't want to, to take time with him every day? Um, Well, like any communication with someone we care for, prayer is an intimate conversation between us and our perfect and our loving God. When we pray, we should always humble ourselves before Him. And I've learned that it's not how we pray, it's not about getting on our knees, it's not about, um, well, I can't think of all the different things, but, um, but it's the condition of our heart. You know, in First um, Samuel sixteen seven, God says, The Lord doesn't see things the way you see them. People judge by outward appearance, but the Lord looks at the heart. And you have to remember the word heart here um, means like that hidden, emotional, uh, int- intellectual kind of moral activity that's going on in us. And God sees all of that. God values our faith, he values our obedience and he values our love and he's seeing all that going on. You know, I'm not an expert on prayer. I do know that God doesn't mean for it to be so complicated that we're kind of apprehensive about going to him in prayer. And don't get me wrong, I do know he decides and he guides us regarding how prayer works. So let me take you through a few things that I've learned over the past few years when I'm preparing my one-on-one time prayer with God. Uh, First, we must recognize um, God's holiness and his sovereignty. That's one of the reasons I chose the song that we sang, the first song we sang today is because we sometimes forget just how holy and how sovereign God is. Our heart should reflect what God looks like when we come before him. I want you to take a moment to think about who you're talking with when you pray. Um, I would suggest, and if you want to jot this down in your notes, to read Isaiah 6 and Revelation 4, because there God reminds us of his magnificence and his holiness. and both the seraphim in Isaiah 6:5, and then the, the living beings with the eyes, you know, that cover their front and their back, in Revelation 4:8, they say or they sing over and over, "Holy, holy, holy is the Lord." Um, the use of the word holy three times um, emphasizes the absolute separateness of God. Um, it's the highest worship affirmation uh, in Scripture. And although God made us in his image, there are attributes that we don't have, we'll never have, and that's his holiness, his omnipotence, his omniscience, and his omnipresence. And I've gone ahead and I put those um, uh, definitions in your insert so you can take a look at that. If you read Isaiah 6-5, you'll see that Isaiah was immediately aware of his unworthiness and sinfulness in God's presence. The next thing I want you to look at is the condition of our heart. You know, a few weeks ago, Pastor Peggy uh, talked about checking our attitude towards others and our unconfessed sin. Uh, These are things that get in the way of our time with God. Uh, The book we just finished in small group, The Battle Plan for Prayer by Stephen and Alex Kendrick refer to those things that bog down our praying and restrict our freedom and effectiveness as locks of prayer. The book mentions 10 principles that hold us back from prayer, and I've listed those on your insert, so you can take a look at those. But I'm going to talk about two of those locks today, Uh, prayers not prayed and praying without knowing God through Jesus. I want to talk about prayers not prayed using the story of Hannah. Uh, Her story is found in the Old Testament, uh, starting in 1 Samuel chapter 1, Um, Hannah and Penanah, and I'm hoping I'm saying these names right, uh, were the wives of Elkanah. Peninnah had children, but Hannah did not. Each year, Elkanah and his family would travel to Shiloh to worship and sacrifice to God at the temple as the law required. After presenting his sacrifice, Elkanah's family would share in a communal meal, and he would give a portion of the, the meat to his wife Peninnah, He'd give one uh, portion to each of, his, of her children and then she, she oh sorry, he would give a portion to Hannah. Um, now Peninnah and there were a lot of things I kept thinking that I could use as a, a lesson here, but Penina, I well sorry, there I go. Stick to the script. Uh, Peninnah <laughs> would ridicule Hannah and her situation until she was reduced to tears and wouldn't eat, and this went on year after year. Well, Elkanah, Hannah's husband, loved her so much and, and tried to console her. But, you know, we all know the feeling of the heart. The heart wants what it wants, and she wanted a child so much. Well, on one such occasion, after a sacrificial meal at Shiloh, Hannah got up and went to pray. First Samuel one eleven says, and she made this vow, O oh Lord of heaven's armies, if you will look upon my sorrow and answer my prayer and give me a son, then I will give him back to you. He will be yours for his entire life. And as a sign that he has been dedicated to the Lord, his hair will never be cut. I want you to just think about that. Think about that. She, she wants a child so bad, she loves God so much that she is willing to give this child back. So I want you to think about that prayer. Um, the next morning, the entire family, they get up early. Um, they go and they worship one more time at the tabernacle, and then they return home. Well, later uh, in 1 Samuel 1 and verse 20, it says, And in due time she, uh, meaning Hannah, gave birth to a son, and she named him Samuel, for she said, I ask the Lord for him. Well, and when Samuel was weaned, Hannah didn't forget her vow. Um, She took him back to the tabernacle in Shiloh and she gave him back to God where Samuel assisted the chief priest, Eli. Well, now, by now you're wondering, um, where am I going with this? Because Hannah did pray. I want you to think about what if she hadn't. Uh, At this time for the Israelites, the priesthood lineage had become very weak through Eli. His sons, Hophni and Phinehas, um, they didn't re- respect or acknowledge God or his will. Um, they stole sacrificial offerings. They seduced the women in the, 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 who served in the tabernacle. And although Eli admonished his sons about their disregard of God's, God's law, he didn't enforce it. Um, but meanwhile, um, it says, the boy Samuel grew taller and grew in favor with the Lord and with his people. Samuel listened to God and told the Israelites to rid themselves of their uh, foreign gods and their images of Ashtoreth. Um, The people of Israel had turned their back on God at this point, and he knew that it was time uh, uh, for them to obey the Lord. Uh, Samuel anointed Saul at God's request to be the first king over Israel, and when Saul disobeyed God's order given through Samuel, Samuel anointed uh, David at God's directive and protected David from Saul. And through David's line, Jesus is the final heir and our Messiah. It started with a prayer, a prayer that could easily have not been prayed because Hannah, well, she might have been too busy going about her day-to-day work, uh, grinding wheat or fetching water or mending clothes um, because she was thinking about Peninnah's blessings and um, feeling sorry for herself. Um, It could have been because she felt unworthy to talk with God, or it could be that she just didn't feel like praying that day. However, an ordinary woman, a woman just like you and I, prayed an extraordinary prayer, a prayer that resulted in the greatest prophet in Israel's history. And in her prayer, she vowed to give her son back to God for full-time service, knowing she would have him only for a couple of years. Um, And when she returned Samuel to God's service, she prayed to God, giving him thanks and honor, saying, my heart rejoices in the Lord. The Lord has made me strong. Now I have an answer for my enemies. I rejoice because you rescued me. No one is holy like the Lord. There is no one beside you. There is no rock like our God. And later in that prayer, she announces Israel's coming kingship because with Eli, the, the judges came to an end, and, and they brought the kings in, and that's where Saul started. She says, those who fight against the Lord will be shattered. He thunders against them from heaven. The Lord judges throughout the earth. He gives power to his king, and he increases the strength of his anointed one. Hannah knew God personally. She honored God through worship, through following his laws, and through prayer. You know, I don't know if faith in God came easy to Hannah, but when I think about those prayers she prayed, they were so powerful, and I know where I am in my prayer life, my prayers are nothing like that. So I I think about that, I think about her giving back to God the one thing she desired most, and that was a son. I believe she trusted him with all her heart, and I love how Hannah still gave God the glory. For me, prayer is, is a conversation with God. He already knows how I see him because he knows the condition of my heart. You remember what we talked about, the condition of our heart or those things, our, our morals, our, our intellect, um, and God sees all of that. So he already knows what I'm like, and he knows where I am in my walk through um, with him through Jesus Christ. When I, can, when I go into his presence, I can be, my t- be myself which at times can be pretty messy. Um, Which brings me to the second lock of of prayers, and that is praying without knowing God through Jesus. You know, I think back to one of the earliest verses I remember learning about my salvation, and it says it uh, very clearly and simply. And if you'll notice, I'm using the King James Version because that was how I learned it. Uh, For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son that whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have everlasting life. It goes on in verse 17 which for a long time I forgot to 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 think about this part of of the verse. God sent his son into the world not to judge the world but to save the world through him. Have you ever heard the term walking the aisle? It's a little it's a little dated. I used to hear it a little more maybe back in the 70s or or so. Um, it means that a pastor is given an altar call asking you to walk down the aisle of a church and say the sinner's prayer. After saying the prayer, you were saved. You had a personal relationship with God through Jesus. Well, that's the beginning. But no matter how many times we walk the aisle and say the sinner's prayer, our relationship with God through Jesus is so much more. And like all relationships, it takes work. I can remember a time when my prayers were said sporadically throughout the day, if at all. Um, And there's nothing wrong with with prayers that you're just saying kind of spontaneously because I do believe that the Holy Spirit brings brings names of people that need prayer and he wants you to pray for at that time. Um, But for me those prayers were asking for God's help typically after the fact and when a situation was out of control. You know, I didn't think about God's holiness. I didn't think about his omnipotence. And I definitely didn't think about my, my unconfessed sin because that made me not want to go to him. That really made me not want to go to him because I wasn't thinking that he already knew what was there. Well, anyways, I'm, I'm kind of exhausted just thinking about it. But, but my one-on-one time... Uh, my one-on-one time with, uh, in prayer with God has changed so much and has given me a sense of peace that can only come through knowing Jesus Christ. Um, for example, now I'm going to call this an iron sharpens iron moment. Uh, that's from Proverbs 27, 17. As iron sharpens iron, so a friend sharpens a friend. A um, couple of years ago, Abby Green and I were uh, meeting together to pray for each other and she mentioned how she prayed for her children's spouses. I'm like, I never thought of that. And isn't it amazing how God uses our prayer time with friends? Uh, they use, uh, he uses our Bible study. He uses our Sunday school. He uses our choir time. He uses every, every moment um, with our friends to sharpen our life in Christ to keep us on track and accountable um, on our walk with him. Well, anyways, I I pray for my children, but had never thought about praying for their spouses. Um, my older sons, by now, they were already married, um, and I give God the glory um, in bringing women into their lives that are awesome wives and mothers. As a mother-in-law, I feel that they. On- Sorry, Dave. Um, as a mother-in-law, I feel they honor me, and I don't feel like I'm that punchline in a mother-in-law joke. I have, <laughs> I have. Beautiful, lovely daughter in laws. Um, But I did start praying for my youngest son's future wife, and it started out as a selfish prayer God, bring a woman into my son's life that loves you and loves him, and make it soon. (laughs) So as I've grown in my prayer life, that prayer changed. God be with my son and his future spouse. May they honor you through their relationship and may they meet soon. Yeah, Yes, you caught that. It's still a little selfish. But I finally understand what God is telling me about prayer. And I want you to write this down because I forgot to put it in the notes. Prayer is for God's glory. Prayer is for his will to be done prayer, let's say, it prepares us for the good times and it prepares us for the harder times. He knows our hearts and what is best for us. He knows where we are in our life journey. He knows what outcome is going to um, glorify him. He knows what outcome is going to glorify him. So now, God, make your presence known to my son and his future spouse. I ask that you prepare each of them for the relationship that you created them for as a spouse, as a parent, as your child so that their relationship with you comes first. I ask that they meet at the perfect place that you picked out for them and that it be in your perfect timing so that others will see you glorified through their relationship. I now pray this prayer for my grandchildren. And you know what? Something I learned in Bible our Bible study, the, the battle plan for prayer, I pray for my future generations. It's never too early to start praying those prayers. Meeting with God in prayer and reading his word builds the relationship that God wants us to have with him. If we're listening to God, his word gives us assurances and warnings about our life in Christ. And that's why it's so important that our prayer time go with our scripture time, our our reading the word. Um, During Pastor Peggy's message, Vertical, in her series Pray Without Ceasing, she she did that just a few weeks ago, she reminded us of his assurance in 2 Corinthians 5.21. God made him who knew no sin to be sin on our behalf so that we might become the righteousness of God in him. And in Romans 3.22, it says we are made right with God by placing our faith in Jesus Christ. And this is true for everyone who believes, no matter who we are, no matter who we are. And like those assurances, God's word warns us continually to examine our relationship with him. Our salvation comes through Christ, creating genuine faith in our hearts. 2 Corinthians 13.5 says, examine yourself to see if your faith is genuine. Test yourselves. Surely you know that Jesus Christ is among you. If not, you failed the test of genuine faith. That's pretty clear. Because if you don't know Jesus is there with you, you failed. Eek! I don't want to fail. Anyways, as I close, I'd like to encourage you to think about your prayer life and to examine your relationship with God through Jesus. I've placed a checklist on your bulletin insert. If you take that out, you can see uh, there are questions that you can ask yourself as you examine your one-on-one prayer time with God. Um, Are you making time with God a priority and meeting with him regularly in prayer and in his word? Do you recognize God's holiness and his sovereignty? What is the condition of your heart when you pray? Is there unconfessed sin in your life or someone you need to forgive? Are there prayers that are going unprayed, and if so, why? Are you praying knowing God through Jesus Christ? You know, I'd like to to read our our memory verse together one more time, and I want, again, for you to think about what God is telling you as we read this together. Hebrews 4.16, So let us come boldly to the throne of our gracious God. There we will receive his mercy, and we will find grace to help us when we need it most. 4.16. You know, God's, God gives us all kinds of resources um, so that we can move forward in our relationship with him rather than backwards. You don't want to move backwards. You always want to be moving forwards. And he gives us so many resources. He gives us one another um, Small groups. I know I said this earlier small groups, Sunday school, choir. um, There are so many things that you can join. Um, Ask someone to be your prayer partner um, with you. Um, One of the things I got out of our small group this last time, one other thing that I got out of there is um, sometimes when I look at my, I do a journal. I should have brought my journal. Well, I, oh, I did. I did bring my journal. I do a prayer journal. See, it's even got a cool front. Um, <laughs> and in it, I use pretty colors, pretty color ink, um, but I write scripture that comes to me when I'm when I'm reading of those things that I, I should be praying over my family and my friends. Um, so keep a prayer journal. Um, you can write down the people you're praying for. But one of the things that came Came out of this is that I was feeling a little overwhelmed with all of the the prayers that I felt and, and the book was saying that you need to be praying, you know, for our leaders and for our congregation and for us and our families. And I was like, yikes! Um, but that same night, Linda did our. She was our group leader, and she said she said, and I think of Linda as like mm, the heart of a prayer warrior. Um, she says, I feel really overwhelmed. And I was like, oh, phew, I'm not crazy or weird or, or anything. And she, she said to us, you know, break it down. So, so you might pray for the leaders of our country on Monday. You might pray for your family maybe every day. Um, but break it down so that you know that you're getting that one on one time and the important things that God's asking you to do. Um, but a prayer journal. I love my prayer journal. Um, but not more than God. Sorry, sorry. Um, anyways, um, we invest time with growing healthy, loving relationships with people that we care about, and it should be the same in our relationship with God. Uh, God wants us to be excited about our time with Him. He wants us to be involved, or He wants to be involved in everything we do, and that includes talking with Him, and listening to Him, making quiet time with Him in Scripture and prayer a priority. Opening our hearts to him and trusting him enough to reveal our true, messy selves um, will help us recognize him lovingly, directing our every step. So will you pray with me? Loving God, thank you for allowing us to come boldly to your throne Um, anytime, anywhere. um, We recognize your sovereignty. Only you are worthy to receive glory and honor and praise. Make us aware of your presence in our lives. Encourage us on our walk with you. Remind us, Holy Spirit, of those prayers we haven't prayed. Remind us, Redeeming Savior, who you are. Thank you, Jesus. We pray this all in your name.